Culture comms and cocktails is internal comms served straight up. So settle in, drink in the knowledge, some shaken, some stirred, and maybe even some with a twist, and enjoy the top shelf guests I have lined up for you. I'm your host, Chuck Ghost, strategic advisor at Social Course, and on this episode of Culture Comes and Cocktails, kind of a unique guest here. We've got Dr. Randy Sharma, host of the Rock Dot Chronicles. Randy, welcome to Culture Comms and Cocktails. Hey, Chuck. Thanks for having me. How are you? I'm good. Grab a seat here at the Culture Comes and Cocktails Lounge, and let's get started. I want to kick this let's off this. to share just how a little surreal it is having you on here, and I'm going to share with listeners exactly why. We have known each other for 35-ish years, going all yeah, the way long back time. To, the, to the Jonathan Wright Elementary Playground for Ohio. <laughs> yeah. Went, right, all through right. school, went all through school together, so I'm sure my mom and your parents will get a special kick out of this happening. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, uh, you were, we were at each other's houses uh, constantly from elementary school through you know, graduating high school. And aside from all that, which is a lot, uh, you're also the host of the Rock Doc Chronicles, which is your podcast. But I also do want people to know that like, you're, you're a doctor, like a, like a real doctor, like Rock Doc. Yeah. <laughs> Rock Doc is your nickname. Like, you don't have just one with an honorary degree. Uh, you went to med school. No. Online. Um, yeah, so. yeah. So, so I, yeah, I'm a family practice doctor in uh, Columbus, Ohio. Um, I, uh, work a lot with, with musicians and touring artists. And so I'm kind of the go-to person in Columbus. And so, uh, when bands come through town, so that's, you know, that's why they call me the rock doc. Um, I also, uh, my office is actually in the, um, nationwide insurance world headquarters building downtown in Columbus, Ohio. So, yeah. So, uh, you know, we, we're watching even every day uh, I'm watching as this uh, unfolds and, and watching how people, how the, uh, administration there, uh, reacts to, everything that's happening right now in these surreal times. And, and on your podcast, you've been talking about the last couple episodes, talking about the coronavirus. So I wanted to bring you here to, to share some of your sure. expertise with listeners. And obviously, like you said, you're seeing kind of some firsthand how these things are being communicated inside of a global enterprise. So my first question to you, uh, Dr. Sharma slash Rock Doc, in crises like this one, what do you yeah. think is the employer's responsibility to keep people informed versus people getting the news themselves from their preferred sources? Uh, so, um, you know, I think it's important to make sure you have reliable sources. Uh, you know, people are, of course, in this day and age, really dependent on social media, uh, on, you know, their friend circles, um, to get information and and there's just a lot of misinformation out there even unfortunately a lot of these press conferences from the White House are uh, you know sending mixed messages and confusing people and uh, making it even more difficult to, to tackle this situation so um, really the in, in a an epidemic a pandemic or a health crisis like we're seeing right now um, the CDC website, the Center for Disease and Prevention uh, at cdc.gov has a lot of great information. Um, and also your state or local uh, health department should have, a, should have uh, some good information. Like in Ohio, uh, we're leading the way really, I think, on this. But like for us, uh, I, I refer people a lot of times to coronavirus.ohio.gov just because that's going to be up to date with the latest 
um, closures and you know, whatever they're they're doing across the state of Ohio. Now, so you, that, that's really where it's, yeah. You mentioned things like like closures and all this news that's coming out, and you think about what things were like a week ago versus the news today. What would you say to someone, again, as a medical professional, to people who wonder or even say out loud that this is an overreaction? Or maybe they're even just thinking this is an overreaction. What, what do you um, say to people like that? So uh, kind of what, what I've been talking about to people a lot right now uh, in the last few days is that we have to, we, we've seen the way this has gone in China. Uh, we've seen how it's gone in other countries. Right now, the biggest focus and the thing that we really have the most access to and understand is how this happened in Italy. Uh, we have a situation there where just a couple weeks ago, things were, you know, they had a handful of cases. And then now here we are three weeks later and the, the you know, the country is basically on lockdown. Um, but it's gotten, the, it's gotten so bad that people are, you know, they don't have the, and, and Italy has a good health system, by the way, but there's not enough equipment. There's not enough ICU rooms. There's not enough ventilators. And, and the doctors there are having to make some tough decisions. Uh, so what we really need to do and what we're trying to do is learn from the situation that they're in. And what that means is we have to stop the spread of this virus right now. Um, because it, it can, it's a pretty aggressive virus. It's pretty contagious. Uh, what I talked about, what I've been talking about in the office today to patients and what I was talking about in the episode of the Rock Doc Chronicles yesterday was just how much, uh, as Amy Atkin from the, uh, from the health department uh, in Ohio said, every day matters. And the reason that matters um, is that when we look at viruses, when we look at contagious uh, diseases, they have a thing called, really we call it the R naught, it's an R subscript zero. Uh, what that means is how infectious is a disease. Uh, and really what you're looking at is how many people, if there's one person that's infected, how many other people do you expect them to infect? And you're trying to control that environment. This is a fluid number. That number is gonna be, be based on the spread, how the disease is spread, um, the, uh, how long does the, that particular disease is contagious and how close of contact people have. This is kind of playing a role in why we need people to do this social distancing. So if you have, uh, really quickly, and I hope this doesn't bore anybody, if you have a, an R0 number that's less than one, it means that the disease is not spreading very much. If the R0 is equal to one, it means that it's at a pretty steady state. One person is expected to infect one other person uh, that would be something like generally like the influenza virus that we see in most normal years. When that R naught becomes greater than one, that means the disease is spreading. Uh, you know, and it, it's something if the R naught gets big enough and you don't contain it, it can become an epidemic or a pandemic. That's what we're seeing here. The numbers that they're giving us right now are, are kind of they're kind of guessing. They're putting some averages out there. Right now, they're really saying that the R naught is 2.2. And what that means is every person that's, that has been infected is expected to uh, infect 2.2 other people. Um, now, we know that this disease, people are really a lot of times showing signs of infection within five days. So really, we can say that they're, they're within five days, the people they infect will infect other people or, or be at a point where they infect other people. However, 
the thing that really caused some rapid changes in Ohio over the weekend was the fact that people were not taking the social distancing seriously and they were going on St. Patrick's Day pub crawls. So immediately the next day, the governor, you know, shut down uh, dining restaurants and bars. The reason you have to do that is when you, because of that contact, uh, the close contact there. So if you had our, which let's, let's assume that it, it could be greater than this, but let's assume that made the uh, R naught, instead of 2.2, it made it 3.0. And let's assume that this is going to spread every five days. If you go through the, if an R naught is 2.2, in five days, you're gonna expect that that one person infected two, five days later, those two people infected two other people, and five days later, you infected two other people. That means that at the end of 15 days, which is two weeks, that one person was responsible for infecting a total of eight people. Now, if you are in a in these environments where people are in close quarters, they're uh, you know not following the the guidelines that have been in place. Let's say the R not goes to three. So in th that one person now infected three people. In five days, if you don't contain it, they, they infect three other people, and they got three other people. So instead of being eight people at the end of 15 days, you have a total of 27 people that are infected. The reason that's a big concern and what we're trying to do with this whole concept of flattening the curve is we're expecting about 20% 20, 20 of people that are infected with this uh, coronavirus, this novel coronavirus, are going to need to be in the hospital, uh, maybe in the ICU or on ventilators. You take 20% of eight, that's 1.6. You take 20% of 27, and that's uh, 5.4, uh, I think. But regardless, it, it's, it's a huge increase because when you, when you take that across the entire population, you multiply by by thousands or tens of thousands, and you can see how much that little bit makes a huge difference. So that, that's why we're, uh, why these, these, can, these guidelines are, we're, we're getting progressive and what we're cutting out. And this is going to continue uh, over the next week or two, probably the next week, as we try to like contain this virus and keep it from spreading. Does that answer your question? It, 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 do, it doesn't. It sounds like a really bad viral pyramid scheme. Really like yeah, one it flow. It, 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 yes, that's a, that's a great way to put it. It really is. And, and you really need to stop having people buy into the pyramid scheme, right? So you got, you got to break that up a little bit. And I, I saw this play out over the weekend where in South Korea, uh, they identified uh, someone as patient 31. And they realized that the first 30 patients they had quarantined, the 31st person violated the quarantine. And then they have oh, this wow. all mapped out to show the impact that that one patient had in all of her interactions in all of these different places. That it really does show mm -hmm. to personal responsibility and what the impact that one person has, because if you, you said that R naught value was three, you're impacting potentially three people. And if each of those three people impact those three right. people, and I, and I checked your math on it, you were right on those things. Um, okay. But I think so, this is where, uh, this is where people tend to, I don't know if they not miss the science of it, but, but how do we make this into to layman's terms so that they understand the impact? Um, I think about it from a, from a communicator standpoint, how do they share like, this is why, we're asking people to now work from home. Uh, I, I think that, um, you know, Governor DeWine in Ohio is doing these really great daily briefings. And one of the ways he put this was, you know, the NCAA tournament. And let's say that it's supposed to be in town. Um, 
and they cancel it. So this 25 year old kid goes to a sports bar that's packed um, and he happens to get infected. He doesn't know it. Younger people tend to not have as many symptoms if they have any symptoms at all. Uh, so then that kid decides to, you know, he goes, he goes home, kicks it with his girlfriend, you know, a few days later, a week later, she goes to see her grandmother. He could have, from going to a crowded bar, he could have, you know, or a crowded environment, he could have given it to somebody else who then gave it to somebody else who gets really sick, you know, and possibly, you know, dies. It's, so it, it, we have to start isolating people and limiting our 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 actual physical interactions um, in order to uh, contain this because that's that's how it's going to be spread. You know that, that's part of these the guidelines. You know where the basic ones are: wash your hands, um, you know, clean counters, and the, the social distancing, the six feet. The six feet has a reason, and, and even at workplaces, we're doing it at our office right now. You know, when somebody coughs or sneezes, we, we think that those respiratory particles that are spreading the infection uh, go about six feet and they can linger around for about 10 minutes. So, you know, that, that these all, all these things play a role and all these things that have all these measures that have been uh, put in place and all the measures that are coming soon, um, you know, are all playing a role. It doesn't mean that it's doom and gloom. It doesn't mean that, oh, we have to stay home or because it's it's out there and it's going to get us it's not the zombie apocalypse it's not aliens coming down it's we're trying to you know restrict these the spread of the virus because it's, it's spread easily and when we're around other people that's how we spread it that's all there is to it and maybe this is speaking to a bit of your bedside manner that you have with your patients but how would you mm -hmm. recommend communicating severity without inducing panic? Um, wow. I, I think it's what I'm really just telling people is we have to think about the fact that um, this, is, this is spreading easily. And this is not a matter of, you know, a lot of people are not going to get very sick from this. But what we're really worried about is when it spreads, you know, when it does end up uh, affecting somebody's parents or grandparents that's going to be a problem and if we can head that off right now we need to and just even with that example i gave if the, if we if that spreads more quickly because people are in close confines you know um that that that's going to that significantly uh, changes the entire uh I, I don't know the rate that it grows and how quickly it grows so it's not it, it's just you know i always what i tell my staff what i tell uh, patience is we're not it's not about you it's about everybody else it's about other people um, now the way that I'm, I'm you know trying to explain to people why we're distancing or how to distance is you know we don't have to freak out just act like you're contagious and everybody else is contagious but not in a bad way just, just kind of follow those guidelines you know but but we have to we have to you know cut the head off the monster. And the way that we do that is we give ourselves, we mandate that we have space between us and other people. That's the only way that we're going to, that we really get this under control. Yeah. I saw a, a report over the weekend that talked about that, you know, just kind of using numbers to, to, so people don't always understand the scope and scale of things that in the U S there are a hundred thousand roughly ICU beds and mm -hmm. any given day, typically two thirds of those are already taken up by patients. 
So you only have yeah, about a yeah. third of those ICU beds left. That that is right. really that that strain on the healthcare system, which was speaking to your yep. kind of flattening the curve. Like the healthcare system can manage it if those numbers are manageable. Yeah, as long as what we're trying to do right now is, you know, the numbers, the overall the numbers are saying that they really expect at least 40% of Americans to eventually get infected with this. But what we can't have is that, you know, the spike that we would see if people were in crowded environments, we can't see what happened in Italy where they took it for granted and then all of a sudden it exploded because there, now people, they, they don't have enough ventilators. The doctors are having to make really tough decisions. We, people will get sick and people will get very sick. Fortunately, most people will not get that sick, but those people are also going to be able to spread it. Um, so what we want to do is try to make sure that when people get infected, it's kind of, I, this is probably a poor choice, choice of words, but it's like in an orderly manner or an orderly fashion so that uh, everything doesn't explode at once. That, that it's, you know, somebody that we kind of give, I don't even want to say give everybody their turn to get sick, but everybody that we don't overwhelm the system for sure. And this, this virus is, is largely mm-hmm. focused around the physical health of individuals, but I want to talk about the individual mental health of sure. individuals because it is a, a stressful time and mm-hmm. can be overwhelming through some or most, even if they don't recognize it, it's, it's taking right. up a lot of mental space for a lot of us. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. What, what is this doing to the mental health of people <clears throat> and how should they be taking that into account in addition to their physical health? Uh, it, it plays a, a big role. Um, you know, right now I, I get, I'm getting so many messages every day from people that are just saying, I'm scared, I'm freaking out, I'm really nervous. You know, what happens when with anxiety and what with stress, because it's really just stress, uh, is that um, over time, it, when you immediately have a stressor, it might, it might short term help. It might boost the immune system a little bit. Uh, if there's like a fight or flight situation where your life was immediately in danger. But over time, um, we're talking over the course of hours, days, and in this case, particularly weeks and maybe months. Uh, that starts to weaken the immune system. You have elevated cortisol levels. Uh, there are also some decrease in the white blood cell counts. Um, so that stress is is it does have an impact on the immune system. And unfortunately, this is an, an immune you know issue. So that actually could make people more susceptible to the uh, to getting infected if they're you know in contact with it. But that's also why I think it's really important for people to, for us to try to educate people and make them understand why we're taking these measures. Because, you know, again, I don't want people freaking out and thinking that they're going to die if they get come in contact with this. But if they, you know, I think if they understand that what we're doing is trying to slow the spread, the spread of this virus so that other people, the people that are at the highest risk, don't get sick or don't get infected, then you know they may understand this better. Uh, the other the other thing that we need to make sure is happening is that uh, they have an idea or an understanding because there are situations where people are getting, uh, especially bartenders, uh, servers in restaurants, are getting laid off or you know they know they're not going to be making money. Uh, the state of Ohio almost immediately started putting up some information on what the plan is. We have to make sure that people understand that you know, and this kind of goes back to to something I've been saying all day as well. In different ways, we're all in this together. 
you know, this is affecting everybody in different ways, especially with finances. Um, you know, we're all in this together. We will be taken care of. In the meantime, in the short term, we have to take care of each other. Uh, it's paramount. No, I agree with you. And I think this is where technology can help us. People like to blame technology for sure. our problems, but this is a chance where technology can step up. So I saw, for example, today that in Italy, they were able to 3D print parts or part of a ventilator that they needed. So they were able to use yeah. technology to do that. I was thinking through all of the new uh, apps that are centered around mental health yeah. for people, whether it is sure. talking to someone or even just uh, how to meditate and give yourself that time. But I think it is a yeah, chance so, that people can use technology in, in new ways that maybe they didn't have before. Yeah, I, I think there are a couple things that we can do. Um, it, it, with my work, they have set up some online groups that people can join. Um, one of the other things that does affect the immune system is uh, loneliness and depression as well. So, you know, when you're isolated, or, or at least you feel isolated, uh, you know, that, that kind of plays into the loneliness, that might cause some depression, that can weaken the immune system as well. So, if, you know, my workplace, they have some online groups that they have set up so people can kind of, uh, you know, interact and talk with their coworkers and their friends or people they may not know from work um, I would suggest if that happens to have a moderator that, uh, that can make sure that, you know, it doesn't turn into some sort of, you know, doom and gloom site where people are, are spreading misinformation uh, or, you know, kind of bringing other people down. Um, but doing that uh, and also if your workplace has a lot of big companies have, you know, employee assistance programs or EAP programs, sometimes they can do those, you know, through the phone, over the phone. And, and so, if somebody's really struggling, that might not be a bad option is to encourage them to use that program because as an employer, they're paying for this anyways. They're paying for that service anyways. And that's something that somebody can do low, you know, with no risk. They're not going to be in direct contact with anybody. They can stay wherever they're comfortable, you know, in their house uh, and, and get some counseling and, and get, some, you know, have somebody kind of even teach them some of these meditation techniques or, um, you know, some mindfulness techniques. Uh, also, online exercise groups, doing like online, you know, there's some online uh, yoga things that are happening right now. And yoga actually does, has been shown to help with the immune system as well. So these are all things that we, we really need to think about. How do we implement this? And also, uh, really key um, is in leadership, you know, not downplaying it, you know, understand, like, you know, making sure that your employees understand uh that you you feel them that that you understand why they're concerned, but then also kind of you know calming them down and and giving them some resources and just saying hey this is going to be temporary this is going to be this isn't forever it might be longer than we expect but you know again we're all in this together and you know we'll get through this yeah it's it's interesting for me as someone who for the last eight plus years has worked from home slash work remote whichever term you want to use. And sure. if there's a little bit of adjustment to get into it, now I enjoy it. And there's pros and cons to both scenarios. But even this for me during this time feels a little bit different because of that, sure. that sense of the, that added stress and the unknown. And are you okay to do this or not do this? And the news changes, not even by the day anymore, but sometimes mm -hmm. by the hour of what's happening. 
Yeah. So I do think it's something that I would like to see companies and even managers of employees take really close attention to, to see how their employees are doing both from a work product mm-hmm. standpoint, but also just a personal well-being and asking the question, are you okay? And if they say, yeah, sure. I say, no, 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 really. Like, are you really right. okay? Because there, right. there is a way to check in and do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you do. And you have to, I mean, you know, for my work, uh, as a primary care provider, we're, you know, we're trying to do our best to, you know, keep people, and this is kind of tricky. Uh, unfortunately, I mean, there, there just aren't enough testing kits out there right now. So a lot of people are, are, you know, panicked, understandably, uh, they, they're calling in or they're sick and they want to get tested. And most of these people, unless they have significant risk factors or they've been in a, an endemic area, they're not going to qualify for testing because we really don't have enough test kits in the state, you know, and, and in most cases it, it might be a nice reminder. Like we have an immune system for a reason, you know, unless you're having severe respiratory distress, you probably don't need to be tested or unless, or if you've been somewhere high risk or if you have significant risk factors. Uh, so, you know, we're trying to, we're trying to calm people down. So you're not, you know, we, we're not going to have you come in. So if people have, mild respiratory symptoms, we're actually doing this, the thing that people, that we've been saying the whole time is if you're sick, stay at home. Yep, I think what you shared there is great, whether you are a, a leader of a practice or a leader of a company, to, sure. to listen to your employees, to be calm, to be patient, to be sympathetic and empathetic of people's situation, knowing the stress that sure. they are carrying personally, plus this ever-changing news cycle having that impact. So I think that mm-hmm. is, a good wrap-up advice for any leaders out there to to understand the role that you play that your people will be looking to you for guidance for reassurance for information so this is your chance to be that let's say you haven't been that in the past but this is your chance to be that now and and in a very important time for the health of your employee the health of your company the country and the rest of the world yeah, and, and I'll be honest, Chuck, with, with my podcast, the, you know, we'd, we'd done a few episodes and we kind of took a little bit of a break and we were like, well, we need to get, you know, there's a whole bunch of things going on. But as soon as this happened, uh, this started happening, you know, I heard that I heard the, uh, you know, the concerns and the panic. And that's why, you know, we sat down and we said, you know, it was actually pretty great. I, I reached out to the Columbus City Council president, Shannon Harden, and said, hey, Shannon, can you sit down and like, uh, can we just do a podcast? We didn't even know what we were going to necessarily say, but it was the day that they said that they announced that the, the, the first round of shutdowns and that schools were going on a three week spring break. And we just, we didn't know for sure where the conversation was going to go, but it was kind of this whole, you know, we, we are leaders and we, we can give them facts and we can tell them where things are going and we can reassure people. And, you know, since then me and me and Shannon have kind of, worked in lockstep and make sure we know what's going on so that people ask and we'll continue. And so now we did another, you know, I did an episode last night. I'm sure I'll do another episode with Shannon soon as things change, because there are other things that that he knows more about with the city than I do. But, you know, I'm also going to do an episode about kind of the stress and the panic and how we can combat that because it it is important for people to know that, but but that's how we lead. I mean, for me, it's, it's not, it's leading my team. I'm also have to be a guiding light for my patients. You know, and people that aren't my patients that are in that same situation, they're, they're feeling upset. Well, and that's a great plug. Everybody go check out the Rock Doc Chronicles. You can find them wherever you listen to 
uh, podcast. Uh, again, thank you, Randy. We give a shout out to Springboro, Ohio here. Great to have you on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. It's funny to see uh, our worlds kind of intertwined back then. Here we are coming back together, very serendipitous uh, at this time where we're both yeah. kind of talking about the same things, but from very different contexts, but all with the same same mission going forward. Yeah, th- thanks for having me. I think it's really important we, that we do this right now, and uh, I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. Thanks again. You're welcome. If you enjoyed what you heard from this episode and want to check out others, find Culture Comes and Cocktails on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen. And when you do, hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any future episodes. This has been Culture Comes and Cocktails, internal comms served straight up. Thanks for listening.